Hey, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron. And I'm Emily. And we're so glad you're tuning in with us today. Absolutely. We know that there's a million things you could be doing, but we are so glad that you chose to spend time with us. And if you want to connect with New City, we want to make it as easy as possible. You can send a message to the number on the screen, 704-389-5333. I know it might feel a little bit odd to send a text to a number on a screen, but know that's going directly to me. And I'll be in touch with you this week. Would love a chance to pray with you, pray for you, or help you connect further to New City. And as always, you can go to our website, newcity.us connect. Yes, and we are entering the last part of our sermon series, Love Gives. And so if you are ready to take a step into giving and partner with us at New City in our ministry, you can do that at newcity.us give. Now let's go to Stuart and Campbell as they lead us in worship today. Welcome to New City Online. We're glad that you're here with us today. It says in Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you have breath, let's sing and celebrate together. From the rising of the sun to the ending of the day.
next song that Campbell's gonna lead us in is just a reminder that everything that we have is a gift from the Lord to be used for His glory and His purposes. So let's sing this together.
Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are the source of all that is good, of life, of love, of freedom, of hope, of grace and joy and peace. Would you remind us of that in this moment? And as we open your word, would we hear you speak to us, encourage us, fill us with hope as you speak. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Nelson Henderson said, generosity is like planting shade trees that you'll never sit under. Generosity is like planting a shade tree that you're never gonna get the chance in your lifetime to sit under. And last week we started a, a series here at New City Church about generosity uh, entitled Love Gives. And we based it off of maybe the most well-known passage in all of the Bible, John three sixteen, that begins, for God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave. And we talked about the fact that love always moves us to a, to a position, to a, to a posture, to an attitude of giving, that God moved towards us through Christ and gave his only son for us. And now all of our giving, whether it's through our money, our time, our talent, our influence, uh, giving in any manner comes back to the way that God has given to us through Jesus. And you know, the truth is that this world, I think you would agree with me on this, that this world is really full of, of people who, who take and left unto ourselves, the truth is that, that we're takers. We kind of go through life like, like a vacuum trying to, to pull in everything that we can in any relationship or situation or job. That's just the condition of our, our broken hearts. But then we look to Jesus and Jesus shows us another way. Uh, a way that is loving, a way that is generous, that, that moves towards giving to other people rather than taking. Because again, love always gives. And we're never more like God. Listen to this, friends. We are never more like God than when we give. And in a world full of a lot of takers, uh, when we look to the gospel, we see God giving and we see him setting an example of how we're meant to give to other people, because here's the deal. God doesn't want something from any of you. And in fact, he doesn't need anything from you. He's self-sufficient. He's sufficient in and of himself. He doesn't need anything from us, but he wants something for us. Let me say that again. God doesn't want anything from you, including your money, but he wants something for you. And in order for, for you to live the life that God's called you to, and in order for you to be the person that God's called you to be, God's got to have control, not just of your mind, not just of your heart, but also of your wallet, of your money. Because the truth is that our finances and the way that we spend our money, the way that, that, that we treat our money can oftentimes be one of the chief rivals, if not the chief rival to God himself. So in this series, Love Gives, we're talking about what God says to each of us about living generously, particularly with our finances. And our key text has been 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. 
And from chapters eight and nine, we see the apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, a a local church just like ours and talking about this idea of love giving and specifically how we are generous with our money. And he gives uh, several principles in chapters eight and nine about generosity. And we've entitled that here at New City, our, our five P's of giving or five P's of generosity. And so we started that conversation last week from 2 Corinthians chapter eight and nine and, and, and the idea of, of love giving and how we in turn give to other people through, through our generosity. And so we talked about, first of all, if you remember, we talked about uh, our giving, our generosity being prayerful. And if you missed last week, I really wanna encourage you to go back and, and, and listen because we, we started this conversation um, by saying that, that all of our generosity begins with each of us before God, asking God to help us to be generous and to look to him when it comes to our, our giving. So we just asked a simple question and I would ask it again today. Have you prayed about your giving? And that seems, I know, really simple, but, but I wonder how many of us really pray and ask God to help us in our giving, ask God to help us to be generous, ask God to help us to look to him as our example for giving, uh, ask God that uh, out of the love that we've been given in response to, to lovingly give to other people. So let me just ask you again today, have you prayed about your giving? Have you prayed about asking God to help you to be generous, but, but what you should give and, 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 and allowing God to speak into every area of your life, especially your finances. So we started with this first P of generosity being prayerful. We wanna be prayerful in our giving. And then last week, we also talked about that our giving should be prioritized, that we've got to make it a priority. There's so many different things in our, in our lives that are pulling against us that, that want our money, want our attention, want our influence. And so we've got to make giving a priority. If we're honest, most of us, this is how it normally goes. We spend first when we get our paycheck, right? We've got our mortgage, we've got our rent, we've got our car payment, we've got our bills, we've got all the things that are stacked up against us. So when we get, when we get paid, the first thing out the door, our priority is to pay all of our bills and we spend. And then maybe if there's a little bit left over, we, we know we should save. Most of us don't save as much as we, we should, but we know it's a good thing. So we save a little bit. And, and then maybe if there's anything left over, we give. But last week we talked about, you know, in the five P's of generosity, that the second P of, of, of being prioritized is that we should begin with our giving. So after we've prayed about it, we make it a priority and we begin with our giving that the, the first thing that we give every single month after we're paid is to our giving. And, and then we do try to be disciplined to save and then we, we, we spend, but oftentimes that's reversed. I brought some candy bars today. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's getting to be that time of the year. And, you know, w- w- when we get paid, like when we have our, our paycheck and we open it up, we, we, we break off, you know, a, a, a chunk of the candy bar uh, for, for all of our expenses. And for many of us, that, that takes up a good portion of, 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 of our paycheck and, and all that's, you know, kind of spoken to already as a priority. And then, and then maybe we, maybe we, you know, save a little bit and maybe there's just a little bit left, you know, to, to, to give, or, or maybe we just are left with uh, the wrapper. There, there, we we want to give, but we haven't made it a priority. And so our spending, you know, takes up so much uh, of our paycheck that we, we really don't have anything left to give in the way that God asks us to. 
And so we, we talked about, again, secondly, that, that our giving has to be a priority. And if not, you know, everything else will, will pull at our paycheck and our, our money will go all kinds of different directions. But, and today I want to jump back into the passage in the, the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians. So please turn there with me as we continue. And I want to talk about these final three Ps, and there'll be five altogether that I'll, I'll state at the end in summary. But the, the third one is that our giving should be planned. The Apostle Paul uh, says to the church at Corinth in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Uh, beginning in verse three, he says, I'm sending the brothers uh, to you so that our boasting about you may not prove to be empty in this matter of, of giving, so that you may be ready, circle that word in your Bible, verse three, that you may be ready as I said you would be. Verse four, otherwise, if some Macedonians come, come with me and find that you are not ready to give, we'd be humiliated uh, to say nothing for you. You'd be humiliated for being so confident about your giving, verse five. So I thought it was necessary to urge the brothers to go ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift that you have promised so that, circle those two words, so that it may be, and here's our word again, ready as a willing gift and not as an exaction, not as a a tax, not something that you have to do. I love what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 9 verses three through five. He's saying, you got a plan for this. I'm gonna send this group ahead to you so so that you can make ready the gift that you've said you want to give. The truth is that so many of us, we want to be generous. We, we know that love is given to us and we wanna give out of love to other people, but we haven't planned to be, to be generous. Let me say it a different way. Everyone, everyone paying attention to this. We have a heart to be generous for other people and to give of our money, but we don't have a mind for it. We haven't planned, we haven't prepared. I love that word that he uses twice here in the passage, verses three through five, to be ready. In order to be ready in advance, you've gotta be what? You've got to be planned. Again, so many of us, God moves in our hearts. We, the Spirit um, t- you know, leads us. We, we're, we're prayerful. We, we've made uh, giving a priority. We, we really want to give, but then we haven't done the planning to make it possible to give. And so we, we take so much of our paycheck and we give it to our mortgage and to our other expenses and all the other things that are pulling on us as prioritized, priorities, but we never make giving something that we plan to do. And so you've got to be planned in your giving. You, you've got a, a plan to be generous. And, and so for, for, for many of you, that just starts with looking at your budget. Where is your money going? You know, every good financial planner says that, you know, you can direct your money or your money will do what? It'll direct you. And wouldn't you rather direct your money? I mean, after all, it's, it's what God has given to you to steward. You're a steward of it. And every single dollar should be directed by you. But oftentimes we're directed by our money because we haven't properly planned. I'll just share personally with you because everything I'm sharing with you in this series is, is, are, are, are all the, the things that we have tried to live out personally as a family. So I'm not sharing anything with you, in other words, that, that I'm not trying to live out myself personally. We, we switched to online giving. Uh, not, not because there's anything wrong with bringing a physical check or, or, or bringing it as a part of worship. Some of you, that's really meaningful in your worship and continue doing that. That's an awesome thing. Here's why we did it. Because practically speaking, we, we weren't planned enough to always remember to bring the check and always uh, remember uh, to get it from the checkbook into the offering plate. And so we would, we would miss. We weren't, we weren't planned enough to, in, in our giving. But when we switched to online giving and we automated it, 
it's, it's been an amazing thing for us because we're able to pray every year about it. We, of course, it's a priority. And then we set it, we plan it. And so for us, and th- this is for us, I'm just, I'm sharing very personally with you. For us, it's the first thing that goes out every single month. In fact, we have it set to go a day or two before the first of the month. So we make sure that it gets debited as the first thing that goes out every month from our bank account, because that is the priority for us. But we had to plan for that. And so for many of you, again, you've prayed about it. It's a priority for you, but you haven't planned in your giving. And automating it is a wonderful way to do that. So Paul says, hey, not only does it, your giving need to be prayed over and prioritized, but you gotta make a plan. And I don't know what that is for you. I'm sharing what that is for us. But I just wanna encourage you to make a plan to be generous. Don't just leave it up to a spontaneous feeling. Feelings come and go. Plan for it. Set aside a certain amount. Automate it if that helps you and your, and your family. So many people have done that and that's helped them to be more generous. Paul says your giving should also be personal. The fourth P, it should be personal. Look at verses six through nine, again here in 2 Corinthians chapter nine. I love this. Paul says, the point is this. So if he's saying that, then underline it in your Bible because he's getting ready to say, here's the whole point of all of it. The point is the, of, of it is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give, listen to this, each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, verse nine, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. In other words, you can't out give God. His righteousness and goodness and generosity towards us endures forever. You can't outgive God in any way. He has given so much to us that it's a response for us now to give to other people, not just with our money, but with our time, our talents, our influence, our relationships in every way. But money is also a part of that. Paul says earlier in the passage, it's a proof of what you believe. It's a way that we worship God and we prove that we trust him and that we believe him in every area, especially our money, this this chief rival to, to God himself in our lives. But your giving has to be personal. It's meant to be personal. Again, uh, look at verse seven. Each one must give as he's decided in what? In his heart. And I love this because it points us back that generosity begins in our hearts. It's a love thing. Love is what compels us to give to other people. The law makes it feel like it's an exaction. It's under compulsion. We we have to give. But love says, no, I, I, I get to give. I get to be a part of this. So I wanna encourage you that as we think about generosity, think about what God's asked you specifically to give. It's gotta be personal to you. It's not about what I want you to do. It's not about what other people want you to do. It's about what God's asking you to do and you settling that in your own heart. Paul says it's got to be personal. Now here's a, here's a couple of personal questions that I get a lot when it comes to financial giving. The first is how much should I give? You'll notice here, Paul doesn't give a specific amount. 
right? He's saying each one it must give as you decide in your heart as you bring it before the Lord. But of course we can search the scriptures for, for principles of what God says to us about how much we should give. Some of you grew up learning tithing, you know, giving 10%. Actually tithing, there's, there's lots of other prescriptions in the Hebrew Testament about what, um, what a follower of God should give. So it wasn't just 10%, there was actually a lot more than that that was prescribed. But it, but it all got wrapped into the giving of the law as well. And it also got wrapped into what was then a taxation. And so Paul is saying very clearly here, you shouldn't see your giving now in light of Jesus as a, as a tax. It shouldn't be something that someone has to tell you how much to give. What I would say that tithing is a great principle. It's a great starting point for giving. We follow that personally, but, but I can't tell you how much you should give. What I can tell you is that your giving should be personal and should be a matter of your heart. And I would say this, and, and, and it's, I'm quoting from Tim Keller as it pertains to tithing, the whole idea of giving at least 10% of what God's given to you. Uh, Keller says, people who were looking forward, in other words, in the Hebrew Testament, in the Old Testament, people who were looking forward to Jesus gave at least 10% of their increase of their income. And actually the tithe precedes the law. They were giving this set aside portion to God and they were looking forward to the Messiah. Keller says, how much more should people who have experienced King Jesus give? In other words, the law says that you, you got to give 10%. Love says it all belongs to God. And I'm but a steward of everything that God has given to me. And I want to respond out of that in generosity. So, so I would say today and teach today that the tithe is a wonderful beginning place for giving but it's not an exaction. It's not a tax. We don't live according to the law. We live according to love. And as Paul reminds us in Romans 13, that love is actually the fulfillment of all the law. Remember, Jesus says, what is all the law? How can it be summarized? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Key words, love. Because love always gives. It moves us to a position, an attitude, a posture of giving. And that has to be personal to us. So I would, I would challenge you to, to, to go before the Lord and ask him what you should give and search the scriptures. Maybe it's a goal for you to get to a place where you can, you can give 10%. Maybe you're already doing that and you can give more. Uh, I think that the danger with the tithe is to say, well, 10% belongs to God and 90% belongs to me. No, no, all of it belongs to God. And 10% might be a wonderful principle. It might be a wonderful place to, to challenge yourself to get to or to move from that you begin to give even above and beyond that because it all belongs to God. But it's got to be, fourthly, it's got to be personal. Finally, these, these five Ps of, of giving here at New City, straight from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, our giving should be progressive. It should be progressive. You know, um, sometimes people will ask me as well, like, well, should I give to the church or I have other organizations that, you know, that, I, that I'm passionate about? You know, does it all count or whatever? And, and here's what I would say about that as we think about our giving growing and it being progressive over time. I, I would say that you, that you start with the local church. And I know you said, well, Chris, you're a pastor. And of course you're gonna say that. Well, no, I think the scriptures guide us in that. That the local church is still for all of its, you know, um, all of its brokenness and all the ways that, that, that we fall short as a church, that, that I fall short as a pastor, that we are broken people that are part of the church. The church, dear friends, is still the hope of the world because we are the carriers of the gospel. 
Paul says it earlier in 2 Corinthians that we are his ambassadors, that God is making his appeal through us, the local church. And so I would say that as you think about being generous, that you begin with your local church. If New City isn't your local church, I would encourage you as a pastor to give to your local church, to begin there. And that's not me saying that. I believe the scriptures teach us that that we give first and foremost to the church, to our faith community for the work that God has uniquely called the church to do, to be ambassadors and sharers of the good news of the gospel. And here's the amazing thing, because of your generosity, then our local church, and if you're a part of other, another local church, other local churches are able to bless other organizations. And there are wonderful organizations and nonprofits that are doing the work of the gospel and helping to support the work of the gospel. No doubt, things that the church can't do, things that the church actually that sometimes shouldn't do. And so what's, what's awesome is that as you give to the church, um, prayerfully the church is being generous to other organizations. For New City specifically, if you call New City your home, we were able to give 11% of all of our offerings away to other missionaries, partners, organizations, churches, not only folks within our church who are serving, but people in our city and folks indeed around the world. And that's a great thing. And we wanna go even further with that. In the same way that, that I'm challenging each of us personally to go further in our giving, we wanna do that collectively as a church family. But, but here's the thing, I would just say, if you call New City your home, if this is your faith community, if, if this is the, 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 the church that God has called you to, it's really a matter of engagement in the same way that we call you to serve and be in a group and connect with other people and disciple other people and engage in other partnerships in the, in the city and around the world, giving is a part of it. It's a part of your engagement in the church. It's a way that God knits your heart to the heartbeat of this church and the other people that are worshiping with you. I do wanna tell you that, you know, there's only 35% of people who call New City their home that give anything to New City. And, and please don't hear that as a, as a shaming or a guilt trip or any of that. It's just, it's just stating a fact. And, and here's the thing, I want you to hear this too. I don't know what any of you give, okay? So if you see me walking down the hallway, like you don't need to dive into a classroom or into a, you know, a closet or anything. I don't know what anybody gives. I have no idea. But I do know that only 35% of the people who call New City their home and who are, who are actively involved here give. So I just wanna, I wanna challenge all of us that as we think about generosity and we think about you know, giving and making it personal and, 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 and really hopefully progressive that it grows over time to start with a local church, whatever your local church home might be and to give. And, and, and again, Paul says here, you know, it's not just a one-time thing. It's, it's just in the same way your faith grows, you're, you're giving your capacity to give, your heart to give and, be gen and, and, and to be generous grows as you give. It's, um, it's contagious, if you will. The more you give, I think the more that, that God increases your desire uh, to be generous to other people and to give even more, it progresses over time. Let's, let's finish the passage here in verses 10 through 11. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. And here it is, increase the heart harvest of your righteousness. In other words, it'll progress. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce a thanksgiving to God. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, verse 11. So I wanna be very clear here about what Paul is saying. God doesn't bless us because we give, okay? God doesn't bless us because we give. 
If that were the case, then we would give and somehow God would be under compulsion himself to bless us because we have given or somehow blessed him. And there's something out there called the prosperity gospel that essentially says that, that if you give, then God is obligated to give to you. And it's the very thing that Paul is preaching and teaching against here, that you shouldn't give out of compulsion or as an exaction. It should be something that flows out of a generous heart, out of, out of love. And here's the thing, I wanna be very clear. God, what Paul is talking about here is that as you give, your heart will be enriched. You're gonna have more faith, more hope, more love, more, more generosity that's flowing through your heart as you're able to give what God has given to you. So we respond in giving out of what God has already given to us. God doesn't respond to us because we've given. We respond because God's given to us. In other words, you didn't make the first move in the relationship with God. God made the first move towards you. And everything else now is our response and worship towards him. God gave to us through Christ. The gospel is this, that through the person and the work of Jesus, God has fully satisfied and accomplished salvation for you and for me. And now all of our lives is but a response of worship and generosity because of how God has been generous to us. This is what you know, cuts the knees out from prosperityism is the gospel and a true understanding of the gospel that there's nothing that I could do to outgive what God has given to me. And I don't, I don't bless other people so that I'll be blessed. I bless other people because I've been blessed through Christ. So as we continue to grow in this understanding of the gospel, as we continue to grow in grace, God progresses the faith and the hope and the love that he's already poured out into us through Christ. And it's amazing to see how your, your story of generosity will progress and increase as you uh, continue to, to give and trust and in faith and as a response of what's been given to you. You know, um, in closing, just to, to share a quick story on this and how you know, your giving should be progressive. It should grow over time as you're generous. When we were first married, which is coming up on 20 years, you know, we were, we didn't have hardly anything. Uh, Jim was a, a fifth grade teacher here in CMS. I was in grad school and seminary. Uh, Jim was helping to put me through seminary with what she was making. And, you know, we just, we, we struggled to figure out this whole generosity thing and how we could give. But you want to know something? We never missed a meal. We didn't, God didn't supply all of our wants. There was plenty of things that we wanted that God didn't supply for us but he supplied all of our needs. And, and, and through the years, we've seen God do that. And I'm, I'm sure you have your only God stories too, as it pertains to finances and generosity, where you just go, I don't know how we're gonna make ends meet. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're gonna, we're gonna give as God's called us to give and how God has richly supplied all of our needs, not all of our greeds and our wants, but all of our needs. And as that begins over time, like that story builds, doesn't it? As you see God come through over and over again, as you trust him, that faith builds and your heart is enriched because you see God come through. Not because he, he's under obligation to do that, because he wants to. As we, as we express our faith in him through our giving, we're able to see how he comes through and supplies our needs. Not always our greeds or our wants, but how he supplies our needs and he's always faithful to show up for us. This is, the, this is the amazing story of generosity that, that as we trust God in this way, we gain all these only God stories of how he comes through for us and how he shows up in these miraculous only God ways. Our giving, dear friends, our giving, New City, 
as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, our giving should be prayerful. Our giving together should be a, a, it should be a priority for us, right? Our giving has to be planned. We talked about that today. It's got to be planned or, or it'll get away from us. You can direct your money or your money can direct you. Our giving has to be personal. It's got to come from our heart. Each of us you know, should give according to what's in our heart. God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerfulness comes from our hearts. God wants us to, to be excited about giving. And so that has to be personal. And then our giving finally should be progressive. It should grow over time as these, as these only God stories happen, as we see God come through, our, our faith and our hope and our love and our trust is increased as we follow God and what he's told us to do in every way, especially with our money. Let's finish today here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. Paul says, for the ministry of this service, he's talking about the offering that they're collecting for the saints in Jerusalem. He says, the, the ministry of this service, this offering is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing, I love this, and many thanksgivings to God. When we follow God in biblical generosity, what we've, what we've talked about these last two weeks and, and the idea that love always gives and we, we respond out of that in our own giving, God not only supplies needs around us, but he also supplies to our hearts even more generosity and thanksgiving and gratitude for what has been given to us. God grows our hearts in thanksgiving for all the ways that he's blessed us and given to us. There is an only God story. There's only God's stories actually that await each and every one of you on the other side of your generosity. As you give in this way, as Paul's instructed us in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, there are so many only God stories that await you on the other side of this type of giving because, because, bottom line, God doesn't want something from you. But all of this, everything that Paul's instructing all throughout the scriptures, everything as it pertains to your generosity is all about what God wants for you. God doesn't want anything from you. God wants something for you. Because, because love gives, love gives. To Christ alone be the glory today. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word that instructs us. Thank you for the truth that you've given to us as it pertains to our generosity and specifically our finances. And I wanna pray for each and every one of us today, each and every one of us, that you would right now in this moment give us the wisdom to know what you're speaking to us through your word and that you would help us right now, that you would help us to have the faith to take a step and to trust you and obey you in what you've said to us. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and for your glory, amen.
Great are you, Lord. Would you extend your hands for a benediction as we go today? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace, New City.